Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Philip Island gets set for a new look event. These cars are pretty quick there at Phillip Island, so I'm feeling pretty positive about it. Sydney's Homebush future is again up for debate, and we hear from Michael Patrizzi following his great run in Perth. I knew the team I was joining was going to be good, and are going to be good, and um, full credit to these guys. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. The future of Homebush's race has been again questioned with a story in last week's Sunday Telegraph in Sydney stating that the race is going to be for the last time this year the final round of the championship. V8 Supercars leaking the news that they are looking to a mid-season date for the 2013 event, which is the final year of the original contract. The story also went on to say that the government has not ruled out re-signing a contract with V8 Supercars, but they have ruled out any increase in their support for the event. We talk more about this in Controversy Corner. Another rumour doing the paddock rounds is that the Austin, Texas race may be scheduled for May 2013. That's right, in the United States, May is the biggest month of motorsport with the Indianapolis 500, the World 600 NASCAR race, along with the NASCAR All-Star race, which would make it a difficult time for the sedans from down under to try and break through that busy marketplace. Tad Starkless has expressed his frustrations on his first year in the main game after another tough outing at Perth. You know, a few communication issues and stuff are, um, you know, just normal shit that happens when you're when you just starting with uh, a team and, you know, the team's young and I'm young and we're just, you know, getting our bearings. So things come up and you make the wrong moves and... You know, it costs you. Jason Bright has told the V8 Insiders that while the team is making great inroads into getting more speed out of the car, all this work this year will not necessarily translate for much when the car for the future arrives next year. Well, I mean, that is a disappointing part about it. We, you know, we have only got these cars for a, for a you know, small period now. Um, looking forward to car of the future, you know, whether it levels the playing field as much as what it should have, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think that there's a few more things that should have been controlled over and above the parts that have been controlled. So, <clears throat> but I'm still looking forward to you know everyone having to start from a bit of a clean sheet at the same time. There's still stuff that we can you know take from these cars, and they're not that they're not that dissimilar car that a lot of the same philosophies won't work. So, 
you know, I'm looking forward to that challenge. Bright does think the lessons learned in Perth will translate well to Phillip Island this weekend. There's a lot of corners that are similar style to here at Phillip Island where you carry a lot of speed in, so hopefully we can get a bit of momentum and, and, um, and you know, we're learning about the car at the moment. FPR is looking to stretch its success this weekend, trying to continue its run of five consecutive wins. Well, Davison, four years ago, you were in a championship battle with Jamie Wincup. Does this feel the same as that year? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's improved. Um, I feel a little bit more in control of my destiny this year. Certainly 2009 was a brilliant year, but it was my first year with that team, um, and I was obviously a bit younger as well. Um, just, you know, first year in a factory team, um, and I was just, you know, like, uh, you know, deer in headlights, really, just, just didn't really know what I was doing. But, we, you know, we were... We had a great year. Um, this year is my second year at FPR. I've been through a few more experiences, so to say, and uh, certainly uh, I feel more con- in control, as I said, of um, my car, my engineer, my team. I think you know, we're certainly uh, understanding what's happening and why, um, but that's not to say it's uh, any more or less a task what it was in 2009, but I feel, yeah, as I said, a lot more comfortable now. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, more confident going forward that we can keep this up. Michael Patrizzi talked about his plans for the future and how he can help Techno Motorsport with their next step up the V8 supercar team's ladder. My ass is for sale, that's what I was told to say. So, um, look, the, the team the team has a, you know, has a, has, a, has a very good plan ahead of them and um, there is no question... The more money we can get, the faster we're going to go. We have more from Patrizzi on this week's White Flag Lab. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Tony Shebecki and John Bannon will join me to look at the Phillip Island 300 when we return. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from SEN's On The Grid, it's Tony Shebecki. And Shebek, uh, gee, you're knowing all about those uh, mechanical failures right at the moment. Yes, Craig just having a little bit of uh, clutch problems at the moment with my Suzuki. So, uh, yes, if I was a very supercar driver, I wouldn't be finishing the race, I don't think. And uh, John Bannon, I hope you're having none of those sorts of problems this evening. No, not at all, Craig. I, I guess in the, in the sort of work I'm uh, doing at the moment, my, my, my main issue is dealing with... Uh, police and courts and whatnot, so uh, a bit different to the, the V8 supercar world and uh, car dramas, but um, yeah, no, all's well here. 
Well, it's interesting because police, courts and government, if we extend it that far, is certainly a hot topic at the moment, John, particularly in New South Wales, where we see that the government's saying we're not going to add any more money to uh, support a V8 race at Homebush, but you can race there as much as you like if you want to fund it yourself. Well, what does that mean for the future of the race, I guess, is the, is the real question there, Craig. I, I mean, does this mean we look at going back to Eastern Creek? Does it mean a new circuit will be built somewhere? Uh, who knows? It's it's very topical, but I just thought with the infrastructure that we have at Homebush now, it would seem a bit silly to walk away from that, from that area. Well, Tony, you're from down there in Victoria and uh, you constantly hear this similar debate about the funding of a street race when it comes to the Formula One Grand Prix. Yeah, a little bit different though in this regard, Craig. I'm sure the New South Wales government doesn't put in $50 million a year as the Victorian government does for Formula One, but it it is tough and I would think that the V8 supercars have a real serious uh, issue that they need to address here. Do they go with the race alone? And one would think that they could probably do it and probably still make a little bit of money out of it. But uh, it's a a real tough one. I don't see Eastern Creek as being a viable option for the final race of the year. I think Cambridge worked so well for that final race scenario. And to lose it would be an absolute shame. I can understand the New South Wales government, though. I mean, they've got every right to work out where they want to put their money, but... At the end of the day, it's going to be down to V8 Supercars Management to work out, can we afford to do it alone? Mm, of course. And arguably, Eastern Creek would need a major upgrade to be able to host oh, a V8 yeah. Supercar event now. Well, of course, they're just getting to the final stages and the V8 race will see almost the launch of the uh, extended track, but V8 Supercars haven't committed uh, yet to uh, be running on the new circuit. And or on the new parts of the circuit, but you'd have to think with the extensions now completed out there at Eastern Creek, they are going to be uh, they are going to be running on that new track, and we're going to see whether Eastern Creek can be viable when we get to Aug- uh, when we get to August this year. Now, of course, the reports we're getting is that Homebush moves to August for the final race in their contract. And that's very interesting because we've talked more and more about the compression of the calendar, Tony. And if we see Homebush move to August, remembering that Homebush could only run after the HSC marking had finished, do we now get to see a championship ending in mid-November rather than having to stretch it out to December and that first week in December? It's an interesting one. Look, I think Homebush works best as the final event. I, I, having experienced it for the last few years, it's a spectacular way on a spectacular track in front of a spectacular crowd to finish the V8 Supercar Series. I just don't know whether Homebush would work in any other scenario. I, 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 that really would uh, would be a concern of mine. But you're right, if, if, it did move to, if it did move to August, it would probably mean that we would be able to finish the season just a, a couple of weeks early, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Mm. Now, John, there's also, I guess, a bit of rumour around that at a later time we might get an overseas race uh, for the season-ending finale. What would you guys think of that? Oh, I'm certainly not uh, for it, Tony. Yeah, well, it's, they've uh, they tried for 12 months or for the last eight months at least anyway to try and get an overseas race to uh, accompany the Abu Dhabi race. So to put it at the end of the season would be tough. The only way they would do it is if they were to run it with a Formula One race, I would think. And the only race that I can think around that time is the final. Abu Dhabi, isn't it? 
Well, no, you could... Well, Abu, Abu Dhabi, well, we're with Abu Dhabi already this, this year, so that's sort of early November, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's a very good point, though, John, and a very interesting problem, but do you really want to see the disasters they had starting the year in Abu Dhabi, in, um, Abu Dhabi continue on to finishing the year in Abu Dhabi? It's well, it's a tough call to make. It's a reverse of the same problem, isn't it, Craig, as you've mentioned there? Uh, for years, the fans have not liked having an overseas race at the beginning of the year. This year, they rectified that, and now we're talking about doing the opposite and having the season finale somewhere else. Now... If you have a close championship like we did at the end of last year, can you imagine the fans' outcry having a championship decided uh, at a different venue where they can't access? It, it seems ridiculous. Mm. One thing, Tony, that I'm hearing that is equally as ridiculous with next year's calendar is the possibility that the Austin race in Texas might be in the month of May. And when you consider motor racing in the United States has Indianapolis, which takes up the month of May, and the all-star race at, at Charlotte, followed by the World 600. Place your uh, favourite beverage in front of it because that's how the uh, the advertising seems to go for that race. But two of the biggest motor races of the year is in the United States in May. Why would their supercars be letting that rumour get out that they might be in Austin, Texas in May? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I still don't know whether the Texas experiment is going to happen. I mean, with the Texas, the track itself is going to get up and running. There's still, I think, talks throughout the Formula One circle that it may not be a viable proposition or may not even be ready for 2013 for Formula One. So uh, having said that, I don't know how the V8's going to get there at the same time. Texas, for me, is on the back burner. Hmm. It's interesting, John, because a lot of teams are quite upset because... Uh, the rumour I'm hearing is that when they were going to two overseas locations, one team or one country paid for them to go, the other team, uh, the country paid for the teams to come back. This year, the teams are going to Abu Dhabi, but because there's no second race overseas to back-to-back it, they're now having to pay to come back from overseas and pay to go to the extra round, which, of course, is Eastern Creek in the middle of the year, but effectively it's the round at Winton, which is taking up that date in November. Well, if, as you mentioned there, the teams are unhappy about that, then that's no surprise. Who in this world wants to pay extra money uh, to, to do anything, uh, whether it be a, a V8 supercar team or, or any particular business? So uh, their, their outcry is understandable, and, and given that there's been such a push to go overseas, it is a bit of a surprise that they haven't managed to lock away a second venue. Mm. That is the the real crux of it, isn't it, Tony? They, they've failed. Yeah, yeah it is, Craig. And look, the teams have caught a massive hit this year financially due to this uh, overseas experiment with Abu Dhabi not having that return race, but also the last three or four races have been a massive expense for a lot of the teams, including it, and more so probably, I suppose, the, the Queensland teams. I mean, they have to go from Tassie, New Zealand, Perth and Victoria. Some of those Queensland teams haven't even seen the back of home for a few days, uh, for a few weeks. It's been pretty tough for those guys, and uh, yeah, this might go down as a, a pretty big year financially, especially for some of the smaller teams. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on the Vat Insiders. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. 
Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me, Craig Ravel, is John Bannon and Tony Shebecki. And guys, uh, this weekend we go to a race that we got used to at the end of the year and then they moved it to become the 500 and now it's the Phillip Island 300. Tony, in the middle of football season, how much cut through are V8 supercars currently having promoting this event down at Phillip Island? It's a very good point, Craig. Uh, some may say none at all. This uh, event nearly becomes superfluous on the Victorian sporting calendar due to the fact that it is middle of football season, as you said, and also for the fact that uh, we go down to Phillip Island in just about you know the early early winter. We've had some shocking weather here in Melbourne over the last week or so. Really cold, really wet, and we know that Phillip Island, with a little bit of precipitation around and a bit of wind, can be an absolute recipe for disaster. We spoke in the last break about teams copying a financial hit. There could be a few that cop a bit more when they have to rebuild some of their cars due to the fact that uh, they get a bit of runoff at, uh, at Phillip Island. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think we got so used and so uh, enjoyed Phillip Island as that extra enduro. I think it was a, a great track for that to happen. For it to come back to a sprint race, for it to come back in the year, for it to come back to the cold, oh boy, yeah. if they get more than a couple of thousand down there crowd-wise, I'll be very surprised. Mm. John, what's your thoughts on this one? I entirely agree, agree, and as someone who's currently living in Newcastle where the conditions are quite warm, I think I'm, part, I'm a little bit happy that uh, I won't be going there as media this year, Craig, and because and, uh, it will be freezing. It mm. will be in the middle of that football season, and you can only expect from that that numbers will be down. I think that's an obvious conclusion. It's it's a strange decision in, in many respects. I mean, perhaps the only good thing will be uh, maybe you get to see a few penguins down there, but um, I think that could arguably be one of the highlights. Mm. It, it is amazing that uh, this race has moved the way it has, but obviously V8 Supercars thought that this was the date and time to do it. I... I'm baffled by it just as you are, Tony, but when we see this race and we look at the way FPR's been performing, do we expect any difference in the outcome this weekend? No, I think uh, FPR have been taking everything ahead of them. They've been going great guns, and I don't think we expect too much different from them uh, this year. Uh, sorry, this race, I should say, Phillip Island. Uh, they just seem to have really lifted the standard you expect that the other teams are going to have to start getting competitive. I think Team Vodafone are going to have to start winning some races because that's just what they do. And Roland Day's not going to stand back and just accept second for the remainder of the season. Uh, but so FPR has to keep up the good work that they're doing. That's going to be a challenge for them as well. But uh, there's other contenders. But having said that, I think uh, the boys down from Camelfield have... Uh, They've just got it uh, going nicely at the moment. Mm. John, of course, uh, Triple Eight had dominated this race the last two years, but it was Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife 
that were doing the driving over 500 k's. Well, that's right. So it's a, a different uh, format. And Craig Lowndes, I guess, arguably has had a little bit of a, a disappointing season. I mean, obviously, Triple Eight aren't up to the standard that uh, they usually expect and, and re- require. Uh, they are still a very, very strong outfit and are very much a contender for this weekend. But uh, no one will be surprised if FPR continue. And, and I think it would be nice to see FPR continue this dominance that they've had in the sport. Uh, the last couple of years or so, we've had Triple Eight right up there every race, and it's nice to see the, the Blue Oval doing well. Mm. Of course, the last time Phillip Island was a two-race format was when they were subbing in for, uh, I think it was Bahrain. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, I think it was Bahrain now when the Bahrain race got cancelled. And it was Jamie Winkup who won both races on well, both races across the weekend, one on each day. So perhaps that is an indicator to the sprint race form at Phillip Island, and perhaps Team Vodafone picking up the shackles, John. Well, they might. I don't know whether the the change in format will, will change the result as such, but sure, uh, it can throw up all different sorts of possibilities. Maybe. One of the guys a little further back in the pack will come will come up this uh, weekend. We we just we just don't know. I guess that's the lottery of V8 supercars. When you've got a, a field separated by virtually nothing, uh, you, you can get a surprise. Mm. Can I just put a call out to Dunlop? Please make sure you've got enough wet tyres down there this weekend. It's looking that bad, is it? Ah, uh, yeah. From what we hear, Craig, here yeah, 14, 15 degrees and a fair bit of rain at the moment, so. It's, uh, it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. Of course, one of the uh, great challenges we've seen this year is uh, when we have tyre degradation. Really, it's mixed up the field, Tony, and we've seen some fantastic results. Michael Patrizzi being one who will hear on the white flag lap. Uh, we've seen Fabian Coulthard bouncing back from some lacklustre seasons, and uh, it's, it has seen some surprising results. And if we can get a mixture of dry, wet racing, that could really kick a bit of spice into it. Yeah, it certainly can, Craig. And look, uh, Philip Island's been renowned for tight degradation, hasn't it, over the last few years with the Enduro? And, uh, you know, the, the cars have really had to be uh, careful as to how they did use their tyres. Uh, with the sprint format, one would see that that doesn't come into calculation. So once again, that throws in another factor, team data for the last couple of years can probably be thrown out the window just a little bit because those tyres aren't going to wear as much as what they did in the 500. So, yeah, a lot of factors. It's a different race. And wouldn't we love to see what's happening in Formula 1 at the moment? Five winners from five races. I wish we had the same situation. Well, we sort of have, I suppose. We've had a couple of winners, but just from the same team. Mm. And, uh, John, do you give any of the teams like Stone Brothers a chance to get a win here, or do you think it is going to be dominated by Vodafone and FPR? Well, you've always got to give Shane Van Gisbergen a chance, don't you? He's... An incredible young racer who always is able to spring a, a surprise. And like, if my memory serves me correctly, he was quite strong at Phillip Island uh, last year uh, yep. in the 500 until his tyres uh, faded a little bit. Is that right? I, it was a delamination, in fact. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he, he's one driver who can who could spring a surprise. And you mentioned Michael Patrizzi there. I think it's quite pleasing to see him do so well this year. I think... Probably people didn't expect that uh, after he went back to Carrera Cup and 
and managed to find a, a seat again, and uh, he's certainly making the most of the opportunity he's been given. Mm. It It is going to be an interesting race, and I'm sure that it will have a number of ups and downs, but do you think Phillip Island is a good circuit for two short races, or do you think because of the nature of the circuit, John, it is really just the right circuit to look at a third two-driver enduro without any bells and whistles? I think I'm actually glad that it's not an enduro track this year. I think if you look at the the previous years, that's probably why the, the format's been changed, because perhaps the enduro format was a little boring. I think it'll be good to see how it works in that in that sprint format. Yeah, maybe there should be a, an extra race there, but uh, let's let's see how it goes this year and, and whether the punters like it. Mm. Tony, uh, I think if we're talking about moving Homebush away from the final race uh, through whatever reason, Phillip Island's had the runs on the board as being very successful. It's the final race. And at that time of year, late November, it's the perfect time to go down and visit the island. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was Rick Kelly the last driver to win the championship as the final race at Phillip Island? Uh, well, he won it in very controversial circumstances. You might remember he came together with Craig Lowndes in, yep. uh, in that race and uh, it put Lowndes out of the race and Rick Kelly limped home to uh, take the title that year. Exactly. In the year that he didn't win a round, but he did win a race, if I remember as well, too. So, you know, look, Philip Island's had some... Uh some dramatic finishes in, in the past in, in regards to whether it was either a sprint race. Not so dramatic, I suppose, during the Enduros. You know, the format probably has been a little bit boring there, uh, except, you know, tide degradation and delamination of tyres have sort of thrown up a bit of an extra factor there for cars as well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see Homebush lose it. I don't, I don't know whether Phil Bond's the rear... The, uh, the replacement for it, but I just don't want to see Homebush lose that mm. final race. Well, I'll tell you what, Tony, your memory's not too bad. It was 2006, and uh, 2007 was the last of the sprint rounds there. There you go. Uh, Garth Tandor in 2007 won two races, and Todd Kelly won the final one, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see with the uh, V8X magazine out on the shelves now and the talk about what happened with David Reynolds and uh, Todd and Rick Kelly if there will be any fallout after the publication of that, because I know the last time VADX came out, when they were talking driver salaries, a lot of the drivers are still a bit uh, hot under the collar about that story by Andrew Clark. A lot of people will say all we know is that they get overpaid in some cases. Mm. Well, got, <laughs> John, do you want to add to that? No, I, I think I'm better off going with a no comment, Craig. Yes. <laughs> You'd be used to that, politics, law courts and, and, uh, and the like. No, I, I think it's interesting, though, to, to hear what is happening, um, what, what happened with Reynolds, because it, it was something that was, was very much covered up towards the end of last year, or the journalists didn't print it, one or the other. And so uh, fascinating to, to hear uh, exactly what went down there. Mm. Yeah, it has been a, a great story, and it just adds to that intrigue, and that's really what we love about racing is that uh, there are so many stories on and off the track and uh, you, you just have to look at the Williams garage, the agony and ecstasy of their weekend, Tony, to know that uh, stories can happen when you least expect them. Well, yeah, exactly, and that was a, uh, a shocking story. Thank goodness there were no deaths out of it. And, uh, 16 people injured, one serious burns, but it could have been a lot, lot worse. And you're right, the agony and ecstasy of victory in motor racing, it's uh, 
we see it too often, don't we? Mm, we do indeed. Tony, I'm going to get you to put it out there. Who do you think is going to win this weekend? I've got to ask for two race winners now because there's race 10 and race 11 of the championship. Yep, uh, Will Davidson and Mark Winterbottom just share the two races. I don't know which one's going to win Saturday, which one's going to win Sunday, but they're the two that I'm throwing up. And I'm throwing Jonathan Webber as a, uh, as a podium uh, on, if not both the days, at least one. An interesting call there. What about you, John? Oh, I think probably uh, Dave will get a win and uh, win cup as well. I'll I'll pick a bit of a, a triple eight resurgence here, and and uh, that I mean he's a very good driver, and and uh, he's probably due for a, another win. So uh, that's the way I'll go there. Mm, well, I think Lethal Lee Holdsworth might get his first win for Stone Brothers this weekend, and. I hope that isn't the kiss of death I've been to every other driver I've said right throughout the year so far. <laughs> Guys, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on the V8 Insiders. Look forward to uh, seeing you both very soon. The White Flag Lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. I hope you stay with us. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, Michael Patrese talks to us about his return to the V8 Supercar main game and a great weekend at Perth last outing. Coming back to the V8 Series this year after you had such a strong Carrera Cup year, have you found that change difficult? Yeah, look, I'm glad you said I had a strong Carrera Cup year. Um, The result says six, but we're always at the front. And um, the change has been a little bit difficult. I've, you know, I've... I haven't got the qualifying right. Um, that's the only thing. We've always raced very well. I mean, we're very fast at, at Clipsal. Um, you know, I matched Jamie's pace at Clipsal, and, and um, I, you know, I think we did a very good job there to start the year. And all I've tried to do this year is complete every single lap at the moment, you know, just so we can get a good basis. And I'm a couple of years behind most of the guys in here. So, um, look, yeah, it's been, to answer your question, it's been difficult. Um, but I know... I knew the team I was joining was going to be good and are going to be good. And um, full credit to these guys. Um, they've, made it my, they've made my job a lot easier. When you look at the races to come, they're all tracks that you're well experienced with. Yep. You're getting used to the Triple Eight car, it being a Holden rather than the Ford you ran last time. So those things all must be giving a lot of confidence. Yeah, they are. Um, Philip Island I love. Um, I haven't had the best results here in a V8. I mean, mind you, Fabian and I started on the front rows, so it wasn't too bad, I suppose. Um, but I'm just looking forward to getting there with the supercar, and I, I love Darwin. I think Darwin's a super, jo- super track, great atmosphere. So we'll see what happens. But again, I'm not going to change my approach. I'm not going to change to the end of the year. I want to complete every lap of every race. Um, I want points because I want to be... I want to be 15 above in this championship and um, we, that one DNF we had at New Zealand really really put a dampen on that at the moment but um, I think I might have jumped up a few now but let's just consolidate and keep it there and are you a different person do you look at this main game differently now um, I'm going to be Michael Petruzzi and say no um, I haven't changed but um, look 
my job is different, absolutely. It, it, I'm not doing it by myself, and I felt like I was always doing it by myself when I was here, you know. Um, I didn't feel like I had the support. Um, well, I, I had the support, but I didn't have the equipment underneath me. But always my mechanics were great, and, and um, you know, my engineer, well, I've never had an engineer. I never had a full-time engineer until this year. It's the first time in V8 supercars I've had a full-time engineer. So, um, but the guys just make my job a lot easier now. Um, and I make it a little bit difficult for myself when I don't qualify well. So look, we, we put it all together. We'll um, we'll be back up. We'll be back up and get the results again. I hope, like we did today. Obviously, this being your home round, you had support stepping up for it. How does it go moving on? From a sponsor point yeah. of view, my ass is for sale. That's what I was told to say. So um, look, the, the team, the team has a, you know, as a. As a has a very good plan ahead of them, and um, there is no question: the more money we can get, the faster we're going to go. And we really need to look at um, the future and whatever we can get this year to, to help us be competitive in the future and be a, a force to reckon with. I think um, you know, I think that'll make a big difference. So, to answer your question, at the moment the car will go white. For um, as from what I've heard, we'll go back white again for Phillip Island. But uh, I really hope for the coverage we gave today. I'm, I have obviously haven't seen the seen the race, but um, I, I'm I'm pretty confident we've made Paul's job a lot easier. And um, you know, both Jonathan and I were qualified inside the top ten. And um, the only I think the other only other team at that race was um, FBR to do so. So as a team, we need to have the sponsors, and we should have them. So hopefully, people look at us and um, and get on board. And what about when we look at the two races that make or break a year, Sandown and Bathurst? What's the plans for that? And yep. how do you how do you measure yourself towards what you need for those two races? Uh, the team's done a very good job. They've signed Johnny Reid. Um, I think that's a very, very good choice. Very supportive of that. He's, um, he's a race winner in many categories around the world. Um, and he smoked them this weekend in the Porsche. So, you know, when you've got someone like Johnny on board, you know who you've got. You know, we've got a racer. And um, between both of us, I look, I think he'll do the same job as me. So um, he's a very competent guy. The team has the best equipment in pit lane you know, or equal. We've got the best crew. We're young, but we're, um, we're passionate. And I think that's the key. When we go to, when we go to, um, to uh, Sandown and Bathurst, I think um, the boys will be going there to win. You know, and, and that's what they'll want to do. And when you look at the car of the future on the horizon, it's a car that's touted to drive more like a Carrera Cup car and, and cars that you've had a lot of experience with. Is that a change that you really will be able to give you an opportunity to quickly make a, another leap up? Well, let's hope, let's hope soon that I'm telling you I will be driving one of those cars, because at the moment I won't be. Um, you know, I'm on a one-year deal here, so hopefully, um, hopefully I've done enough for these guys to keep me on board and, and, I, and I get to go in the car of the future. You know, it'll be a shame if I don't race next year. Um, but it's early on in the early on, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, I think all of our plan is as a team is just continuity and and um, yeah, well, I, I I think they'll suit me more. I think they will, just like the soft tyre, you know. But in saying that, today the hard tyre was quite good for me too. So, is because of the money that all the teams are going to have to spend for the car of the future. Does that mean guys that are going to have a, a water sponsorship behind them going to be able to knock you guys out of the seats? M- motor racing. Uh, Motor racing is all about money, and you're never ever going to 
until you've got sponsors like Vodafone and, and those guys that are willing to put in the money. I mean, we've got awesome sponsors. Ausdrill's been with me for five years, and they're the world's largest drilling company, so I'm sure they're going to be pretty happy today, and, and hopefully they'll uh, increase, their, um, increase their sponsorship next year. But, look, they've got big multinational companies, worldwide companies, and uh, if you've got a million to spend, you'll spend it, you know, an extra. So um, it's always going to be difficult, but we're, we're all right. We'll, we'll be good. We've got two good drivers, so... We'll be well. My thanks to uh, Michael Patrizzi, also to John Bannon and Tony Shebecki as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.